Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to the member edition of Unsupervised Learning. This is episode 178. Just to start off, uh, just reminding everyone that uh, you can now join the member edition Slack channel, which uh, is located at ul-community.slack.com. And that is where all of us members can hang out and talk to each other about various things. We also have a book club set up there, so already some pretty good, lively discussion around uh, different books that we're reading. And of course, I read a lot, so I'll be putting a lot of books there uh, as well. So really cool. Come get in there. Again, it's ul-community.slack.com. And starting off security news this week, Trump has semi-banned the use of foreign telecom gear which was really a direct shot at Huawei in China. And uh, I believe there's been some sort of divergence from the ban. I I think there are some loopholes. It's not a complete ban, but uh, it was definitely a a shot fired across their bow. And um, it's it's causing the uh, trade war to heat up, absolutely. Baltimore's IT systems are still being held hostage after two weeks. Of all the cities in the world that I would imagine this happening to, I think Baltimore is probably towards the top of that list. If you don't have good schools or good police force, I don't expect you to have good IT security hygiene either. Crime is evidently so bad in Mexico that people buy fake mobile phones so they can give them to muggers instead of their real phone. I have to assume this is also happening in Brazil, probably a number of other places as well. Got a stunning audio deepfake here of Joe Rogan doing different routines. They, they sound exactly like what he would do on his podcast or in stand-up comedy. Uh, it sounds exactly like him, like not, not a little bit like him, but it's, it's spot on. And the thing you have to imagine is doing this for politicians, celebrities, right? Any place where there's plenty of source material to train from, which of course Rogan has because he's got high quality audio from his podcast coming in. Uh, So it's probably pretty easy to do this training, I imagine. But we're about to move into a world where you can only trust authenticated voices and personalities using sources and clients that are trusted to serve you their actual content. And I would expect a massive industry around serving authentic content and detecting fakes to show up in the next year or two. Salesforce had to disable access to millions while the while they fixed access control issue that allowed open reading of tons of customer data. So all that data there, some sort of misconfiguration, and then people were able to read stuff that they weren't supposed to. This is something I've always expected to happen also with AWS and, you know, any, any real large cloud provider with 
you know, thousands of customers, it's, it's all config, right? It's all config change. It's all access management. You mess that up and suddenly there's a massive, you know, exposure. Many U.S. law enforcement groups already have or are looking to implement real-time facial recognition systems. Police departments have been trying a number of different technologies for years, and they're just trying to make sure the stuff works and that they don't get too much bad PR for using the stuff. Benedict Evans made an interesting point on Twitter recently. He said that banning facial recognition was strange because cops are already allowed to do it manually with wanted posters or whatever. So the issue is really the fact that it's automated and scalable, right? So red light cameras and speed traps have have a similar history where they've been banned in many jurisdictions because a cop didn't need to be present or involved in that transaction. So maybe our deepest issue is with technology making a negative judgment against a human without a human being present. Right, so we're we're fine if it if it's a cop giving a ticket for running a red light, or it for going or for speeding, right? Or we're also fine if we have a sketch artist make a drawing of of a you know a suspect or whatever, and putting that drawing all over like telephone poles or whatever, right? We're okay with that because it's a human making the drawing. It's a human putting them on the telephone poles and then humans have to walk by and look at that and then make a call to the police and say, oh, I think I saw that person. All those have good people at the center of them, right? But doing these same things using technology without humans at great scale seems to make us really uncomfortable. Let's encrypt... Let's Encrypt has launched a new free and open certificate transparency log. Called Oak. Hectivism appears to be dead with a 95% drop in successful incidents since 2015. What are your thoughts for the reason for this? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. I feel like... Things have gotten so crazy that they're just busy doing other things. Like there are worse problems than whatever they were focusing on with the hacktivism. One thing that was brought up was that uh, Anonymous evidently is either broken up or not doing much. And evidently they were a big part of the, uh, of the incident. A number of Hertz rental car customers got accidentally reported as driving stolen cars, which resulted in their arrest and incarceration. Hertz has paid tens of thousands of dollars in damages so far. Israel is training its military in data science. That's fantastic. I love to hear that. I I really wish more people were doing that. I wish the U.S. was doing that. I hope we are. Russia has considered multiple methods of diminishing the United States by sowing discord, including training African-Americans to become radical political leaders in the Deep South. It's extremely clear that their ultimate goal is exactly what I predicted 
back in 2016, which is to have the U.S. fall from, well, one, to create discord inside the U.S. So, you know, we're, we can't focus on them. But the bigger issue is like reducing our status, the U.S.'s status in the mind of the rest of the world, reducing Europe's power in the mind of the rest of the world. And then at that point, Putin can step up and say, you know what, the U.S. and and Europe have fallen off as leaders. We can't trust them anymore. Let me step in and help, right? That's That's been the play all along, which I talked about in 2016. Advisories? Uh, there's too many to even put here. Qualys put out a massive thread. Uh, Patch Tuesday this month was just ridiculous. Just hundreds and hundreds of critical vulns from couple dozen companies and Qualys had uh, done a, a pretty nice thread talking about all those. Breaches, team viewer, stack overflow, Instagram, influencers, mage cart, and a number of others. Technology news. Google is now showing podcasts in its uh, search results. Currently, when you click on the link, it takes you to a player within Google, but people are even more excited about the possibility of Google indexing the audio's text, which we already know they can do, and then letting you find specific podcasts or content that way. I think it would be really cool if they like let you search, right? So they let you search for a thing. You find a little clip of text that's talking about that exact thing. You click on the link in Google and it starts playing the person saying that text in a podcast. And obviously there would be some sort of UI or UX that would indicate that it was an audio result, right? But um, I think that is a really cool way to look inside of podcasts and also just get the content in an audio form if, if you're open to that. Maybe you could set your browser to be like, yes, give me audio if it's available. Obviously, you wouldn't want that all the time, but I think that's pretty cool. Or, I mean, you could just get the text version as well, right? Um, and just have that extracted from the audio and just read it instead of hearing it. Creditor is a new service that wants to rate the integrity of news sources. I'm signed up for the beta for this. I'm pretty excited about it. You can now get a one terabyte micro SD card and they're only around $450. Google has merged its flight and hotel offerings in, into a single travel interface. And weather scientists are worried about the rollout of 5G because they monitor water vapor at 23.8 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz or 5G is in the 24 gigahertz range, which is only, you know, 200 megahertz off from 23.8. So the satellites that take in data from, to learn about the weather patterns and, you know, where there's water vapor and where there isn't, which fuels their prediction models, will be soon overwhelmed by 5G noise. And they they can't move <laughs> where the frequency that the, they monitor because water vapor evidently broadcasts a small uh, radio frequency 
at 23.8. You can't change the fact that it broadcasts at that frequency. So if you make it noisy there, they said it's going to move our weather prediction capabilities back by 40 years, which will be multiple days, I think, maybe three days or so. can't remember. But um, that's multiple days fewer of future prediction. And that includes like hurricanes, right? So if you, if you lose three days, that's like 40 years of progress um, in being able to predict, predict these things. And if you combine that with like climate change, that could be a problem. We have more hurricanes that are more harmful and we have less ability to predict them because the FCC gave away that uh, spectrum. So here's what I imagine will happen is this, this law will go through. It'll be nasty. It'll reduce the predictions. Two or three hurricanes will happen. There'll be a whole bunch of lobbying. And uh, the industry will adjust. They will open up that spectrum, you know, with, with probably a pretty wide gap around it and say, you cannot speak inside of here because we need it for weather satellites. But that'll be after a few uh, few more large hurricanes do a few billion or a trillion in damage. Uh, human news. In a spectacular win for science, ExxonMobil scientists studied the climate in the late 70s and created a chart of how quickly carbon would increase in our atmosphere. Their report in 1982 said carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in 2020, that they wrote this in like 1982. They said in 2020, the PPM parts per million would be 400 to 420 parts per million. And we just measured it in Hawaii, like a couple weeks ago. It was 415 parts per million. So it is middle of 2019. They predicted in 1982 that in 2020, it would be between 400 and 420. And it's 415 right now. That is bad news for us as a species. Oh, by the way, the rest of the chart that they have it goes straight up in the air. Like right, it, it's currently on this like 45 degree angle and it's about to just go straight up. So it's it's really bad news. But um, it's a win for scientific research. I mean, that was really good research they did in the late 70s to perfectly nail this. Of course, it was all smashed and the people were let go or retasked on other things. Uh, for financial reasons, which is quite sad. But yeah, I mean, the science is really, really strong. The U.S. just had its fewest births in 32 years. So birth rates continue to go down. Taking tiny breaks while learning something is extremely beneficial, even as little as 10 seconds. The idea is to simply stop absorbing, sit quietly, and let it stew. It basically seeps in and solidifies. This evidently allows the new information to lock in in a more permanent way. I'd love to see this knowledge becoming part of learning material. You could have pauses every X number of minutes that last X number of seconds where everyone knows to just sit quietly and absorb and, you know, make it make the learning more effective.
Scientists look at grocery store bills in London, uh, Tesco uh, stores, I believe, and could identify unhealthy areas by looking at what they're eating. And the data was confirmed by cross-referencing medical records so they could tell like who was having the most heart attacks or whatever by region. And also the um, Tesco stores could corroborate that by bad diet. And basically, as you would expect, poorer and less educated areas ate food with more calories and fewer nutrients. So it was more dense, had more calories in it, but uh, a shorter, smaller range of, of nutrients leading to more health problems. And the algorithm could identify unhealthy areas with 91% accuracy just by looking at a, at a uh, grocery store bill. IQ store scores are falling in many developed countries. Interesting, but my expectation is that they will fall among the masses, but rise among the top 10 to 20%, right? So we're really talking about new you know, countries, air quote countries, being whether or not you're part of the elite is something uh, I've talked about here a lot before where the top 10% don't really really have that much fealty to a particular country, but rather a mobile lifestyle with many different friends of many different nationalities that who are also in like top 10%, right? So I think their IQs will continue to rise while the IQs will fall in groups like Harari calls, you know, the useless class, which are people who can't do any job better than a robot or an AI. Yeah, I, I think this is really interesting. I, I don't think it's about countries so much. I think it's about socioeconomic groups, not in the old style, but in like this new style of like this new elite, which has all the freedom, all the travel. They have a passport, you know, educated, have a good job. All those things combined puts you in whatever the top 10, 20%. I think everyone else is is going to be suffering. Studies are now showing that procrastination isn't a time management issue, but an emotion management issue and a self-discipline issue. But deep down, I think we already knew that. The creators of Game of Thrones TV show are leading the new Star Wars movie. So not the one that's about to come out, but I think the one after that. Hope that Star Wars movie ends well. That's what I hope. Uh, Ideas, trends, and analysis. The dark forest of the internet. This is a super cool idea. Basically, conversation is no longer possible in the open due to toxicity and attacks. And now real conversation is moving to podcasts, newsletters, and Slack channels. I was like writing this and I'm writing it in my newsletter, which I'm about to do in a podcast, which you're listening to now. And I'm like, this is crazy, right? I find this extremely coincidental since that's the community we're building with the newsletter and now you know, with the podcast and now also with a Slack channel. So the name, by the way, comes from the three body problem, which is this Chinese sci-fi book. It's a trilogy that talks about the dangers of broadcasting our presence to the galaxy and our, that means earth, right? Hawking also said this. He said that 
it was a really bad idea for us to broadcast, you know, radio signals out out off of the planet because it'll attract higher technology scavengers who will just find the signal and come strip us bare. So in the book, it basically talks about how the whole galaxy had figured out to be quiet so that you don't attract unwanted attention. And it was called the dark forest. And uh, that's why this article here is called the dark forest of the internet. And it basically says all the good conversation will turn private and the stuff that stays out in the public mainstream media will just be garbage. All right. See if there's anything from discovery here. Um, see corporate surveillance thing. Um, the top 16 data brokers, an infographic on data brokers. Really interesting. AWS security incident response guide and Microsoft released the 2.0 version of attack surface analyzer. Yeah. Notes. Um, I was at EDC last weekend. It was fantastic. And uh, that's why the newsletter was a little bit late this week. Sorry about that. Currently still reading John Brockman's latest anthology of ideas on AI called Possible Minds. And uh, really looking forward to this um, book club inside of the Slack channel. So hurry up and join up and uh, get in there and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Recommendations, The Dark Force of the Internet, the one I talked about, and I have the link here. You should check that out. And the aphorism for the week, there's no better teacher than history in determining the future. There are answers worth billions of dollars in $30 history books. There's no better teacher than history in determining the future. There are answers worth billions of dollars in $30 history books. Charlie Munger. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd-numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. I'll see you next time.